something that was evil. You know, and we can talk about that, whether that was evil. But what the Holy Spirit was doing in me then, I believe, was something about being set apart as a Christian. To say that you're mine and not the world's. And I remember that even at seven years old. And then fast forward another ten years, seven to seventeen. About seventeen I made an adult commitment. Listen to a guy preach on Romans 12 about being a living sacrifice. I mean, if you want to have a passage of scripture to reflect on individually and as a church. Romans chapter 12, after all that weight of the gospel in the first 11 chapters. Are you going to live your life as a living sacrifice? For God, And I remember at that point saying, if I'm going to do this, I mean, if I'm going to be a Christian, then I can't do this half-heartedly. It's all or nothing. And I jumped in the deep end. And at that point, I thought I'd be sent out to Borneo and be boiled in soup as I was sharing Jesus with people that eat people and kill Christians. The point is I was prepared for that. That was the level of commitment I made on that day. Just to say, if, if, if this is what you want of me, then I'm all in. I, I fully jumped in the deep end about that age. And then at about 27, so everything comes in sevens, it would seem, in my life. So at about 27, there was this quickening of a call to church leadership and to press on with planting a church in my hometown, in Ramsgate. I'm 37 next year, so it's like, I wonder what God's going to do next year. Is it going to be something significant? Who knows? I'll come back maybe in a few years' time and let you know. So I grew up in uh, Broadstairs. We moved down from Suffolk when I was two. Mum and Dad ran a children's home there for a charity called Fegans. And uh, I've lived uh, in Thanet ever since then, really. I studied at Kent University, studied uh, psychology, and then did a degree, uh, sorry, a diploma in social work, but never really left home. My first, um, I didn't leave home, actually, until Heather and I got married and we moved in together. kind of did it um, that way around, which is uh, the right way to do it. Uh, glory to God <laughs> and his grace in my life. Uh, my first real job was working with young offenders. So I, as a social worker, I worked in the town with uh, young people that, whose lives had just gone astray, really. And a real um, heart started to grow for the lost in my town. And as a Christian, what you start to recognize is that what the town needed, what these young people needed, wasn't just good social work. And it wasn't just good family dynamics. It, they needed all of that. They didn't, need, they didn't just need good jobs and good opportunity. And a lot of things that we've heard about over the last few months with the political rhetoric, as with the elections around, what was growing in my heart was this deep sense that people need Jesus. People need the gospel. And the result of that is people need the gospel community. And so those things were kind of growing in my heart about what my town needed. It needed the accurate preaching of the gospel with all of its life and treasure, but with all of its challenge to come and die. But it also needed the gospel community, a community of faith that was grounded in and drawing its strength from the grace of God. And so, um, yeah, the privilege of working with young offenders uh, for a while And then in 2005, uh, God opened a door for me to go and work for uh, a charity called Fegans. It was actually the charity that mum and dad moved down into the area to run a children's home for. And they pretty much gave me uh, free reign to lead uh, a a piece of Christian charitable work in the town. So working with children, young people and families. And over the last 10 years, as I've been involved there, we've um, we've supported um, thousands of children 
and uh, families. Uh, we run a preschool. We've provided parenting support for those that have suffered through abuse, addiction, and domestic violence. We've worked with vulnerable young people in schools and in the community. We've provided a counseling service to adults, but also in, to children in schools. And we've worked with um, churches across Thanet to uh, take the gospel into schools as well. So every year, up until last year, we, we were reaching out to about 10 to 12,000 young people telling them about Jesus. A real privilege. Things have changed for me. I, I won't go into that right now in terms of um, how I'm now working for Fegans. But God was very good to me for those uh, 10 years in that role. Increasingly, as uh, I was working in that top end of Ramsgate, as I've said, there was this desire growing in me that what people needed wasn't just good social work, not even just good Christian social work, good works in the name of Jesus. It needed that, but it needed the accurate preaching of the gospel and the forming of a gospel community. And so as of um, January 2011, we went ahead and planted Community Church Ramsgate. A lot of prayer went into that uh, leading up to that, but God really laid that on our hearts that that's what he had for us to do. And so with the support of Fegans, this charity I was working for, we went ahead and did that. So there was 12 of us. It seemed like a good number of people to start with. There were 12 adults and there were 10 kids as well. And we met in this very small preschool room in the top end of Ramsgate with, as I've explained this morning, a belief in God that he would do something in us and through us for his glory in the town. And they re- I, I suppose one of the things I wrote down was one of the driving kind of convictions that God lay on our heart at the beginning of that journey was to ask that question, what does Ramsgate need? What does Ramsgate need? And if you go to our website, one of the websites we've got is whatdoesramsgatenead.org.uk. You know, we put it right out there that we, we believe that The gospel and the gospel community is what Ramsgate needs. And I think you can ask the same question today. What does my town need? And as you drive home today and go past people's homes, or in the week as you drive past school communities, or as you go to clubs and hang out with friends, have that deep conviction in your heart that what people need, what people need is the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Do you know you need that? And I don't, this is a privilege of a visiting preacher. I don't know where any of you are at in terms of, I've met some of you in terms of where you're at with, with God and whether you've got a right relationship with him. But let me just say this very clearly. You need Jesus. You are desperate for a savior. You are, you are hungry without the bread of life. You need Jesus. And let me say this just as a, Christian, forget that I'm an elder of a church or a preacher here today, that he's good. He is so good. He satisfies our souls. He is good for this life. He really is very good for this life in terms of how we build our lives, how we find purpose in this life, how we find forgiveness for our sins in this life, how our souls can be settled when we know that we're loved by Almighty God in Christ Jesus. But he is good for the life to come as well. He is good today to know that when you die, which might be this afternoon, let's hope it's not, but it might be that you know in your heart that you are going into eternity, into heaven. I hope that thrills your heart if you're a Christian here today. When all is said and done, 
And when I breathe my last breath, or when I, if I get knocked over by the bus, it's always a bus, isn't it? You know, can you imagine being a bus driver and a Christian thinking, I'm probably going to kill someone, because they're always talking about it. <laughs> if that happened, do you know in your heart that you're going to a better place, to the best place for an eternity? That does something to our souls, doesn't it? Oh dear, I'm only on page two. I'm not going to get through half of this. Don't worry. Let me tell you a few examples of, in the four years, what God has been doing in us and through us as a community of faith. Um, So, uh, first of all, new life and uh, testimony. So we stepped out with 12 adults. In in the last four years, we've baptized 15 people. Praise God. And uh, just of this last Easter, we've had four more people come up to me afterwards and say, I want to make a first-time commitment. I want to get baptized. And that's all uh, God's work uh, through the church. And um, we've been amazed as well by some of the stories that um, have played out amongst us. So I suppose what we knew we didn't want to do when we, moved, when we started the church was that we didn't want a lot of conversion growth. So we didn't want to plant a better kind of church that would be better than the other churches around us so that people would come to us, if that makes sense. Christians would come to us. We didn't really want to do that. So in the last four years, we've probably turned people away and said, actually, we're not really about conversion growth. We're not trying to do a better church. We're trying to do something new. And so we've seen a lot of new life and testimony. And people that have come from non-Christian backgrounds have come to us with all, um, often a lot of mess and muck because of the result of their own sin or the sins that have been done to them and they've come to faith. That is incredibly exciting to hear testimony of the way the Holy Spirit works in people's lives. Just this last Easter, a load of us in, in tears really listening to this lady Debs tell her testimony of being absolutely broken by the sins of others in her life. And just how, when we met her, she was, um, she was mentally unwell. She was unsettled and unstable. Uh, she was a lot like the people that I'd come across with, with, in my social work. And yet we simply presented the good news of Jesus to her. And the, the change in her physicality, in her demeanor, in her outlook in life. Uh, God did a miracle in her, um, her relationship with her family so that she can now see her daughter. That was all up in the air at the time. I can't say too much, uh, but she wasn't able to see her daughter at that time. But God's done a miracle now where her daughter spends more time with her throughout the week than she does with uh, the partner she left. What I'm saying is there's been lives that were in a real mess, far from God, people that have been sinned against mightily. And the grace of God has flown to them through the preaching of the gospel and through the gospel community and we've seen transformation do you know what just in terms of preparing this today to speak to you it's been an encouragement to my heart again just to remember uh, the grace of God and how it's um, worked in my town we've seen our growth in faith as well so we've now got about 50 adults that were called CCR their home they're not there every week Um, there's something about new believers, that they don't tend to get into that habit quickly. We keep encouraging it, but they, um, they don't come every week. Uh, but we've seen amazing stories of people that have called themselves Christians in the past. That was, We've, again, preached a simple message of who Jesus is and what he's done. 
and what that means for us today. We've seen people come to life, and that's been a real encouragement. We've seen um, doors open uh, to preach the gospel in our town. So one of the kind of events that we've put on for the last four years has been a big Christmas event on a bandstand in Ramsgate, where we um, we get the Salvation Army band in, we get a school choir. And we do um, hot chocolates and mince pies under a marquee. And then we just preach the gospel for 50 minutes. About It's Christmas, and that's about Jesus. So there's this massive opportunity to say, this is who Jesus is, that, this is what he's done. And um, of this last Christmas, we saw 2,000 people congregate around this bandstand. Uh, the other thing we do as well to get them in is we guarantee snow. <laughs> so we bring in these industrial snowblowers off a film set, and we blast snow over everybody at the beginning and at the end. But it's, it's all there so that we can tell them about Jesus. And we've had other opportunities at Easter and at other times to really preach to lots of people about the good news. And then just to encourage you as well, um, we've seen a real blessing in terms of our premises. So we moved out of uh, this Fegans building within the first few months uh, into a school. And because of our relationship with the school, uh, various different people had with this school. They gave us this school hall for free. So they just said, just meet in the hall. You're absolutely welcome to do that. And they gave us keys so we can get in throughout the week and we can get in any time we want on the Friday night, Saturday or Sunday. Just incredible relationship we've got with the school. Uh, that's all God's grace in that. And then, um, wonderful story that in the first week of us deciding that we were going to step out in faith and plant the church. So it was a Tuesday in late 2010. We said, uh, yes, this is right. If not now, then when? If not you, then who? That was the kind of the word of prophecy that came. Okay, we're going to be obedient. We're going to do this. We're going to step out in faith, and we're going to plant this church. That was on the Tuesday. On the Thursday, I got a phone call from a charitable trust based in London that said, we want to do a legacy project in Ramsgate with a Christian charity. What might that look like? And after a year of conversations, basically they've released 1.7 million pounds to purchase a new plot of land or purchase a plot of land and then build this new centre for the charity to work in in the top end of Ramsgate where the church will make its home as well. We need your prayers because there's all sorts of details that are being worked out now that are causing me all sorts of headaches. It's not as pretty as I'm making it out, but the story is that that's happened and that this building is going up. And uh, we want, as a church, that to be a center of mission to the town. I suppose what I'd want you guys to learn from that is just live sacrificial lives. If you know that God's called you to do something, just do it. Just do it. If you read in God's word that you're to live a certain way, a generous lifestyle, if you hear God's voice through a word of prophecy, test it, of course. Speak to Steve and the elders here. But God is good and God is faithful and God is kind and God will have his way. We had no idea when we planted the church that we would grow from any more than 12 people. No idea. We, we kind of you know, wanted that. But there was a desire just to enjoy the gospel and to share the gospel. And God's done a great work. And he will do here as well. I'm absolutely convinced of that. Let me just say a little bit too about relational mission. So you're part of this network of churches, a family of churches of which we in Ramsgate feel very privileged to be part of as well. When we planted CCR, Community Church Ramsgate, we weren't part of an existing network. Um, it's a long story as to why that was the case. I grew up in a Baptist church and was serving on the leadership of a Baptist church. 
And we looked into planting with the Baptist Church, but for various reasons uh, that didn't happen. We did press into a network called Acts 29, uh, but largely the, the churches that were part of that network were based in the north of England. So we very much were uh, an orphan. Uh, we didn't really have that uh, relationship with other churches that kind of held on to the same core values as we did. Accurate preaching of the Bible. It's all truth. <laughs> the work of the Holy Spirit in us and through us for the glory of God. Uh, some of the way in which church um, government should be structured in leadership. Some of that we held very closely. And then in that first year, after I've now discovered a word of prophecy, thank you, <laughs> um, we were welcomed in. And through the guys at Grace Community Church in Broadstairs, which is an RM church down there, and then getting to know guys in Ashford and Maidstone and uh, Steve here. We kind of knew each other via my brother-in-law, didn't we? Though we'd never met. Um, we've been welcomed into this network of churches. And just to encourage you as well, you are in a good network. You're in a network of churches that love Jesus, that are dependent on the Holy Spirit, that see the Word of God as the answer to every important question. Now, again, maybe we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to other teams and streams, but from what I observe, there's, there's teams and streams that are falling all over the place. They're giving in to this doctrine or that doctrine. They're, they're not being faithful here. This network is, is a faithful one. As someone who's a newbie into it, be encouraged. The, the network of friends that Steve meets with, the conferences that we go to, God is doing something through this network for his glory and for the joy of the church. Um, they have a genuine desire, a genuine desire to partner in the gospel. It's not just something that should be said because it's in scripture, but there is a genuine desire to be interested in the lives of other churches. It's a thrill to be here with you guys today and to dream with you a bit about what God's doing in Herne Bay. But there's a genuine desire we've found to actually know and love what's happening in Ramsgate too. There is a real brotherhood of support, uh, something I've personally benefited from uh, just in these last few months. Just being able to go away on Wednesday and Thursday, wasn't it, this week, and share with some brothers some of the difficulty I'm having at the moment. It's not been a great few months for me personally, but being able to share that with Steve and receive prayer from Steve and um, just be supported by, and for my eyes to be lifted beyond my circumstances to what God is doing in the world is a great encouragement, and it should be to you too. As I've said, a real shared set of values about what is central in the church today. And uh, we went away to Norwich last year. I know a few of you are in Norwich as well for, the, for a, uh, a conference out there. And I just got this feeling as the conference was coming to an end that this really is a continuation of what we read in Acts. Uh, that as you read through Acts and the life of that early church and we see the gospel moving forward, the word of the Lord moves forward and then in its wake comes signs and wonders and in its wake comes the planting of churches and the raising up of elders. That's what I was hearing for those days in Norwich. It, God was doing it then and we can read it, praise God in his word, as Luke writes in Acts, but he's doing it today and he's doing it by his grace through relational mission as a network. And so one of the things I wanted to say to you was, do you know um, that you are and we are as a network an answer to God's promises? 
if you just take a, a step back, maybe uh, is it about 6,000 years, okay? And remember Abraham, okay? I think it's Genesis uh, 15. And God comes to Abraham as he was then. And he makes a promise to him that he would, be, uh, he would have descendants that would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. Can you get your head into that place of Abraham? God, how on earth, how on earth are you going to do that? I haven't even got a child of my own. And yet, and yet today we see the church of God, the church of Jesus Christ stretch out all over this planet. We're a third of the world today. A few billion people worship God in the name of Jesus Christ, the God of Abraham, the God of Abraham. That we see the church in China and the church in South America just exploding. Praise God. Grace always flows to where it's most needed. Did the church in China need the grace of God? Yes. Has he shown up and exploded that? Yes, he has. And we stand, however many thousand years later on, and see the promises of God fulfilled in the church today. I, I was just, as I was, uh, I was having a bath yesterday, and I was just thinking through the conversation that Abraham may be having with Sarah in heaven right now. Can you roll with me on that? I don't know the theology of that, whether he's aware. But I just got the impression of Abraham walking in from a day out and about, hanging out with Jesus and you know, doing some cool stuff, whatever he likes to do. You know, and he comes back to Sarah, his best friend, and just says, I was overhearing this conversation uh, that the angels were having. They were really giving it some today. Because, and they've told me that what they were doing was joining in with the praises of this group of Christians, Jesus worshippers, in this place called Hearn Bay. And Sarah's like, Hearn Bay? Interesting. There must be a Hearn somewhere with a bay. And, and they're like having this, this is incredible. Do you remember that promise God made us that our descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky? And now there's a group of 50 people in this place that we've never heard of worshipping God in the name of Jesus Christ, having faith in him. Can you imagine the encouragement that is? And I was thinking about, um, and, and the angels were kind of discussing the praises of the people there in Herne Bay. But then this brother from this other place that we've never heard of, this place called Ram's Gate. He came and he shared about Jesus and how wonderful he was and that he was the only way uh, to the Father and that people should live sacrificial lives in worship to that great God. He's from this place called Ram's Gate and Sarah's like, Ram's Gate? I wonder if that's around the city. Do you know what I mean? Is that near the Dung Gate and the, the Mercy Gate? Uh, he's near this place called Margate. And... Uh, and we've heard in this network of God-fearers that there, there's a place in Ashford. Ash, there must be trees called Ash. And I'll just go and play with all this. Near the Maidstone and the Favish Ham. You know, there's all these weird and wonderful place, places where there are, there's a deposit of God's grace that is being lived out in the lives of a people. Do you know that you're an answer to prayer and that you're a people of promise? That God in eternity past, and someone was sharing this this morning, I think, in a word of scripture. He, he had you guys in mind here in Herne Bay. And you are the result of the, the preaching of the gospel. 
I mean, someone told you the gospel. Someone shared Jesus with you. Do you remember who that was? Was it a parent? Was it a youth leader? Was it a church leader? God caused that person to tell you of Jesus and to cause you to respond in repentance and faith. Praise God for that person. Praise God for what he's doing here. I had seven pages. I've got through two. But I think that's my time. I just... um, God is great. Okay, let me just leave you with a few thoughts, really. And then I think we're going to pray. That God is a great God, and he is complete within himself. God is perfectly joyous in himself and all that he does. He exists eternally in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And they are in relationship with themselves where they are completely satisfied. God didn't create humanity in order that he would feel better about himself. He did it as an act of grace. And though we have sinned against this great God, though each and every one of us in word, in deed, in motive, in thought, have refused God and turned our backs on that great God and sought to worship the things he's made rather than the God who made it, and that though we deserve separation from God, though we deserve hell, God in his great love for us, in his grace has come to find us. And in Jesus Christ we have a saviour and a Lord who's made it all possible. Not because you earned it and not because you deserve it, but because of the grace of that God he has come to find you. And he caused someone to tell you of Jesus and his sacrifice at the cross. And that there you can have forgiveness of sin. And there you can find this reconciled relationship with that almighty God. And that through Jesus now, he's sending the Holy Spirit to make you a Christian and to equip you as a Christian, to empower you as a Christian, to live your life for the glory of God. We have a great God who's done amazing things, who is doing amazing things, and will one day do amazing things as he completes his work. You've got a lot to celebrate for this morning, Beacon Herne Bay. Let me pray and then... Uh, I don't know. I think we're going to pray some more.